Welcome to the Drive Time News Blast. 30 minutes, 45 for patrons. Jam-packed with news of the day from a perspective of truth, liberty, and justice, this is Monica Perez. I'm Brad Binkley. Our top story, the Supreme Court has ruled that President Trump is not blanket immune from having his financial records or his tax returns or tax records subpoenaed. And like Binkley, I thought this was a massive nothing burger and could not understand why it was the top story. Who cares? Yada, yada. Then I checked the market for today because I'm always amazed that the stock market continues to flirt with the old highs. It kind of just varies from day to day, but it's it's just too high, in my opinion, unless you count massive, massive inflation, which it might be. Uh, but today it was way down. And I thought, what the heck? The reason was that Supreme Court ruling. So then I realized this must be the watershed moment or maybe viewed as the watershed moment that went from, despite all the polls and everything, thinking Trump would win from think to thinking he would lose. And basically the, the market likes the incumbent. Certainty, information, predictability is the most important thing. They don't actually care so much about what's good, or I should say that is less important than what they can predict because they can profit on anything that they can see coming. So then I had to kind of think further into what's going on here. And if, if he does, if he is destined not to win, and I think just based on the fact that he probably feels like He's done is enough. I don't, I don't think it will be an enjoyable way to spend what could be the last four years of his life. But so I, I do, I am kind of leaning towards he's not going to do it. That gets you Biden. And so I looked just to see if there was any news coming out of Ukraine. And there continues to be stuff in Ukraine about these tapes. I don't know who made the tapes, but people made tapes of Biden and Poroshenko, the, the president kind of, before this guy, I guess, or maybe he was two before, I don't know, but he was the guy who kind of took over after the coup. He was the first elected president after the coup. I think Arseny Yatsenyuk, remember, you remember the stuff about uh, the hidden Victoria Newland tapes where obviously, yeah. where she's, is she, they're kind of plotting the coup and she says Yats will be Klitsch. Tani Brook and Yats. Klitsch was, is the mayor of Kiev or whatever. He's the wrestler's brother, boxer's brother, or is he the actual boxer? He's one of those guys. I think he's the brother. Uh, he would kind of run things from the outside. Tani Brook runs the Nazis <laughs> from the outside. They have the Nazis under control. And Yats and Yuk is like the prime minister, I think. And, uh, I don't know what the hell they were up to, but she also says Biden will come seal the deal, something like that. There are conversations from February of 2016, which is a lot after, long time after this happened, between Biden and Poroshenko, where Biden is on the way out, right? 2016. Uh, to clarify, that was before the start of the 2014 Russia invasion of Ukraine, right? Is that no? What? Well, yeah, all that, all the coup stuff. Yeah, where they yeah. said Biden was on board. Yeah, Biden was going to seal the deal or put the out of board. I can't remember, but Biden was was the one who was legitimizing Victoria Newland's State Department coup in Ukraine in 2013 or 2012. And then Yatsenyuk was somebody she was plotting to install as a figurehead leader post-coup. We've played the sound bites on our various outlets. 
And then some of the counties that bordered Russia resisted the Eastern coup. They speak Russian. And the first thing they did was ban Russian as a language. So they just couldn't even function in a world that Russian, 70% 70 of them speak Russian as a first language, something like that. Like there was really crazy stuff happen. They murder people, burn down buildings. I, I mean, people were jumping out of windows and this was the coup trying to take control of those places. So Russia does probably give them arms. I think they fight for themselves, but there's a lot, a lot of corruption and funny business there. So Poroshenko got elected. I think he was the chocolate king or something. He got elected while Obama and Biden were still in office. And there are tapes that have Poroshenko saying with Biden, okay, Biden says you can't make sure Yatsenyuk does not get prosecuted because there were crimes, you know, make sure Yatsenyuk and Poroshenko is saying, okay, that's fine. But then his party has to support me. And I want, I think this is part of it. It's hard to be sure because they haven't released the tapes yet. I want the CIA to help us get this fugitive. And, you know, there, there's just a lot of quid pro quo. Yeah, in, I was going to say. Yeah. And I, I'm increasingly convinced that this was the inspiration for the Trump tapes. That that this was what they're trying to cover up for Biden. So they had Trump do it first to kind of take the sting out of it and get away with it with the impeachment failing as it did. So I think that if Biden becomes president, I, I don't know, this this stuff is really crazy. And I do believe that he was telling the truth when he insinuated that he was going to step down day one. And the fact that Stacey Abrams is not in the limelight, is not a front runner in the VP pick, I think is her way or their way of keeping her from coming under fire, being scrutinized. She might be a surprise last minute pick at the same time that Trump comes crashing down for two reasons. One is this, these financial records will probably provide some scandal or what looks like a scandal. And the other will be that he's basically threatening the schools, the, the governors to open the schools. And I have stuff to say about that, but I will take a breath. Another thing going on with the Trump story, the top, 10 trends on Twitter were related to the Supreme Court ruling and the stories were presenting it like Supreme Court says Trump must show his taxes, his tax returns, which is not what happened. They sent it's it back opposite. down to the lower yeah. court for them to determine. But what this does is a, it's a propaganda method to keep the resistance, to keep their morale high and to keep them activated and ready to be mobilized because they need to give them these little victories here and there to make them celebrate the wins so that they maintain their motivation and morale. And I think they're going to make a big deal out of it. I think maybe something might come of it as an October surprise in favor of Biden. But what do you think about Kanye's announcement? I think it's interesting. I think it's brilliant move on his part, whether he actually runs or not. I expect that we will probably see a surprise release of a new Kanye album when this reaches the height <laughs> Of attention that it's going to get. I would love to see Kanye do a debate. I, why not? I mean, it's already a reality show. Biden's not interesting at all. Throw Kanye in there. Kanye, actually, people are talking about him maybe stealing the black vote from Biden. I don't know if that would be the case because Kanye... His platform is the anti-vax platform. It is the QAnon-type platform. He could very well take votes from Trump if Trump is funding some of the vaccine initiatives. He could anger the QAnon crowd. They could jump over to Kanye. And I'm serious. I'll People tell you, would vote for him. Absolutely. My sister, 
my son and I, as soon as we heard that, we were all said, oh, I'd vote for him. And the only one I didn't ask, and I doubt she would skip, is my mom. She would, she's going to stick with Trump no matter what. Yeah. But she would, I mean, if it weren't for Trump, who she's devoted to, she would be completely open to the Kanye message. Yeah, my favorite part about Kanye's announcement was that after announcing that he's taken off the red hat, and it's like a four-hour interview. It's a long interview. He called for both Biden and Trump to to step down, to drop out of the race. I think is that's hilarious. He's wow. a smart guy. People can say what they want about him. Well, Kanye's a billionaire, all right? This is what I was going to say about him, is that you said about the debates, my guess is he would have the most interesting, intelligent, and thoughtful comments of anyone in any presidential debate that I can remember. Yeah. And you know, Trump comes out to Aerosmith ACDC, Kanye comes out to Kanye's new album. Kanye, (laughs) Trump has rallies, Kanye has concerts, campaign concerts. Wow. We, wow. We, wow. That's a moneymaker right there. Yeah. I think it's brilliant. He's a smart guy. He knows how to work the media. He knows how to... He knows how to do what P.T. Barnum did. He knows how to get attention and sell do things. Do you think that it's all, it's all, I don't really know him very well. I know who loved him. People used to call, was it Tariq who used to call WSB and just, he's like me and my wife have always loved him. And so I just, I don't, I've never really followed him, but do you think he's totally legit in his kind of philosophizing or do you think he is really a showman or a little bit of both? A little bit of both. I think that a lot of the things that he says, he probably does believe because he would not have become as wealthy as he was if it were not for having that kind of counter attitude towards the status quo, being willing to say and do things that others aren't. And I do not think that you can really tap into a deeper truth if you are not of that mindset. I mean, it's it's hard enough to tap into the deep truth of your innermost feelings to do that. If they're not your innermost feeling, I'm just talking about songwriting, that kind of thing. Yeah. Whereas I don't think I don't actually believe Trump believes what he says. It does kind of seem like Kanye believes what he says. I can't wait for his new album to drop. It's going to be raps like Kanye 2020. And it's just going to be that yeah. repeated over I and over again. He talked gonna... about in the interview, he continued to talk about similar messages. They make it sound like he breaks from Trump. He said he did take off the red hat, but he's still saying the same things he was saying before. He's still saying just because you're black doesn't mean you have to be a Democrat. You don't have to vote for the Democrats. So he's still carrying the same messages. That's interesting. Uh, and I I wonder if he's going to he did coin the slogan, make America great. <laughs> I wonder if he gets to That's use true. that. I don't think so. So I've been gone and the we've put some great stuff out there. The propaganda report that you unearthed these unbelievable clips from Nora and Patrice. People have to listen to it. Is there an episode number on that? There the is, PR. but I don't have it on yeah, hand. Yeah, no, that's right. Sorry, sorry, sorry. It's I'll just put a link PR. in the it's show called... notes. It's the most recent, or the yeah, it's the most recent episode that would show up in your. Yeah, it's called part. brainwashing the masses. I think. Yeah. How? So anyway. Yeah. So I've been gone, and that was super fantastic. People may have heard that, but we haven't been doing the DNB, the Drive Time News Blast. So, uh, this has probably given us both time to take a step back and reflect on what's really going on. I got quarantined in New York, which totally sucked. I'll tell you about that in a little bit. But I want to I know you came up with some 
insights into kind of what's really going on. I haven't talked to you in so long. I'd really like to hear them. I've just been thinking about it a lot. And we have touched on some of these points before, but I think it's important that we kind of step back and, and really, really take in what's been going on. And we've experienced an upheaval in society. Our norms and our routines that have been our North Star compass and guided us, they've been shattered. They've been gone. And we've been thrown into a state of uncertainty. Anxiety is high. People are afraid and people are looking for guidance and how they are going to adjust to this new reality. I hate saying new norm, but the fact is, if we continue to follow the old patterns that we followed before all this, we would not survive. So we have to adjust and we have to survive. And when the public is anxious, afraid, and their status quo of operations has been you know, thrown into disarray, that is the prime time for propagandists. They dream of situations and conditions like this because this is how this is how you brainwash people. I've been reading a lot about brainwashing, about mass indoctrination over the past couple of weeks and breaking down people's norms, getting rid of them and disorienting them and keeping them afraid gives you the opportunity to step in and answer those questions of what am I supposed to do now? How am I supposed to survive? What's going to be my new way of life? And the person who's able to provide those answers is the person who's going to have power over that new society. And we're getting those answers from the very propagandists who are here to exploit these conditions that we are currently in. And we need to be careful about the division they're causing in us because absolutely, in, even if this was not planned out up front, any propagandist, any power seeker who has the influence and the platform to to you know manipulate people is going to jump on this opportunity because it's the best opportunity for propagandists to manipulate the masses and brainwash people i have a lot of comments on that uh first of all what you're talking about i remember first hearing about that with scientology yeah. that the their strategy is they break you down they tell you what piece of shit you are, and so you're completely an empty vessel, very vulnerable, and then they fill you up with their stuff. So this, if they do it on a social-wide level, I can completely understand that. This breaking down includes destroying history, yep, leaving a void for a narrative. There's also uh, this idea of really breaking down society, setting up new norms. That goes to what you articulated first, but I chimed right in because it was clearly true that this was not going to be a, a an earthquake or a hurricane. It was going to be a war, that it was not going to be a three-week thing like they were saying, which is the only thing that makes sense with a pandemic or a disease, but it was going to be an 18-month thing like Event 201 said it was going to be like a war is because World War One we were only in it for about that amount of time so and it's still completely fundamentally that was for me the watershed moment in history especially for the american experiment was world war one so i see that we are going to do it in 18 i i feel like this absolutely has to be an 18 month thing and we are allowing it we are allowing it and i'll tell you how they're getting us to allow it they're getting us to allow it by this incremental Thing. They, they didn't say it's 18 months. They, they, they hint at that. So you're open to it, but they open, they, they're opening society. They're closing it. They're opening it. They're closing it. There are spikes. They're blah, blah, blah. So everybody has hope. They're waiting on the edge of their seat to see what's happening. And because if they came out and said this is going to be 18 months, then you might get some resistance, but you've just got people confused and they're paralyzed. 
Yeah, uncertainty is paralyzing to people, especially when people had plans and they knew what their next steps were going to be. And all of a sudden, those plans are out the window. And and the what you were saying before about even if they didn't plan it, they are exploiting it. I will say, yeah, you could say that. I'll say I'll chime in with you there. And the examples are the World Economic Forum, who did plan for this in Event 201, came out with the Great Reset. So they are exploiting it. And I would say they planned it. But in any case, they are exploiting it. The Great Transformation that the IMF came out with. What is the new world going to look like? Like the Kissinger Foundation or whatever he calls himself. They are all exploiting it. So... Well, let's, and I want to just give a little something about what happened since we were gone after the break. Hey, what's up, guys? With the world as crazy and unpredictable as it currently is, the time to start living a truly sustainable lifestyle, a lifestyle of rugged independence, is right now. And Neighbors Feed and Seed has everything you need to help you do just that. Small engine repair, garden supplies, vegetable plants, bird feed, chicken feed, premium pet food. Neighbors has it all. And right now, they want to give Propaganda Report listeners an opportunity to try one of their new products, Southern Nights CBD Oil, at a 20% discount. So go to NeighborsFeedandSeed.com or visit the store in person if you live in the Smyrna area and use the promo code PROPREPORT. That's one word, all caps, P-R-O-P-R-E-P-O-R-T, and you'll get 20% off of your CBD oil purchase. Look, I've said it before, and I'll say it again. Neighbors Feed and Seed is a fantastic business ran by friendly, knowledgeable, liberty-minded people who bend over backwards to help their customers in any way that they can. Check it out. I promise you, you're going to love it. Quick correction, the promo code for the CBD oil is PROP, all caps, P-R-O-P for the 20% discount. The promo code for the Garden Starter Seed Pack is PROP REPORT, all caps, no spaces, P-R-O-P-R-E-P-O-R-T for the 10% discount there. And I also want to add in that Neighbors still has some chicks that you can pick up there. And I want to give a shout out. And I know that I think he was hoping for you to also give a shout out for him. That is Bill's son, Hank. He came up to me. Oh, I asked him. I and he I I wanted to give him a shout out. Bill Lobie of Neighbors Feed and Seed. His son was at the meetup and he is a listener as well. And he's been eager to get a shout out from us. So that's what's up, Hank? Hank. Love your namesake, Hank. I'm a, I was a Hank Williams Sr. fan from way, way as yeah. a kid. So I uh, love your name. I actually spied you because I was the Max Headroom in the laptop. This is what happened. I can't imagine anybody. Oh, well, people might not know about this because we didn't talk about it. I went to New York to bring my kids to see my old mom because she's 91. And I thought if I'm going east and there's a window open in this lockdown, I'm taking those kids to see my mom. So I took them there and the, that was on a Monday. And uh, on Wednesday, I had a round trip in and out of Atlanta to go to the meetup, which was on a Thursday. I was going to do some other stuff, see the rest of my family when I went back up north and then um Next Monday, I was getting ready for Freedom Fest. I was going to host Freedom Fest, like the greatest professional honor of my life, like even better than being on the actual radio. I was just so excited about it. So I had big, I was very, so excited to get back into the game, you know, to get back out there and talk to people. I was really excited to meet people, like-minded people. I was just, and the day, that Tuesday, so I came in on a Monday, I was supposed to leave on a Wednesday. 
they quarantined New York, anyone from California or Georgia and a bunch of other places in New York. And what official stuff people were sending me and I was investigating that they were checking boarding passes, they were checking licenses, they were, there was anywhere from five to $10,000 fines for breaking quarantine. So how was I going to get out and back in? I had a car cars to rent when I came back, hotels to stay in when I came back. I, I'm like I'm virtually about to cry just thinking about it. It was absolutely devastating, devastating. And Sounds dramatic. It was terrible. And to travel with like teenagers, you know, kids are quote resilient. They're not really adaptable like that. Like you don't understand what my mom's, I love my mom and I love her house. It's very nostalgic for me. My kids, they, I don't know. It just isn't, they're used to a whole different ball game. And plus there are a lot of people there. It's the house I grew up in. I'm not even going to tell you about the literal ghosts in that house. Oh, wow. So it's, it, it was great, great to see my mom. And they, the kids were really happy to see her, but it, we were on top of each other. We couldn't go to the hotel. We couldn't rent a car. It was like definitely messed up. And I couldn't do the thing in Georgia. So what we did though, it was Joe's idea. It was great. We did a disappearing patron party and you put the laptop on the table at the, at neighbors. And I got to see people, but the noise problem, the delay was no good. We couldn't really chat like I wanted to, but I did get to see people like Hank and, um, Bill and just a whole bunch of people. It was really, really fun. That thing that Leah made you, the gourd, I can't get over that. She made you a mask out of a gourd. I love it. I'm going to oh wear it. Oh my gosh. I'm going to wear it's it so to funny. Target. Just, I just wanted to see so many people. And then I got a message from Leah saying like at the end, you guys were holding the hands and singing songs around a fire. Yeah. And I just, I don't know if she was, if it was a metaphor, if that actually No, there was happened. literally... <laughs> A song broke out at the end of the night. A sing-along did. Alcohol no, might have I, had a little bit of an impact on that. Yeah, it was a great meetup. It was really nice to get to talk no, to everybody I, in person and I have you know hear everybody's thoughts and stuff. I'm but we did miss so, you. Everybody missed you. I'm so upset. And then they canceled Freedom Fest. Yeah. So I that was a bummer too. But um, and what makes me sad about it is that I really feel like when are we going to be able to do it again? Yeah, I know. We have to do it again, but right, that's the question. When is this stuff going to ease up and we're going to be able time, to safely do it? I mean, I'll just literally zip in and zip out in one day. I just didn't, I just thought for months, I've been saying 4th of July, there's no possible explanation for not being there on the 4th of July, like for not being able to move around on the 4th of July. And people made fun of me like, why are you waiting so long? Why? I'm like, well, I just, I want to be sure. And they, they just screwed that up. And I, I, you know, maybe I'll do one on the West Coast if we can find some place to meet up. I don't know. But that I was so looking forward to that. It, it really was great. Me. Everybody was definitely sad you could not make it. We made the most of it. They were happy to get to see you. Made the, the most of it. It sounded like an absolute computer. blast. I'm super happy. Like the worst thing you can do in the world is have a party, invite everybody and not show up. It was a blast. But Monica, I've, I've been to meetups with you and, and you, you add a lot to parties. You add like wow. I was I was a little nervous. I got to be honest with you because oh, really? I can usually be like at ease because I know Monica can talk to Never anybody. Never stops talking. She can talk to anybody. <laughs> so the pressure's not necessarily on me. But I, right. it was a great time and it was really nice to get to talk and hang out. Well, I think we're gonna have a really lot of fun at the disappearing patron party this week. It's 
Friday. I don't know when people are listening to this. We are now speaking on a Thursday, but Friday, July 10th, I think it is, was we pushed our first Friday free for all. So anybody who has party rights on Patreon, on Patreon can tune in tomorrow and we'll like have a little uh, debrief on what was happening. And I won't talk about it this time because I don't want to eat up too much time, but I did manage to see Bellamy. So Bellamy Fitzpatrick, the green anarchist, is in New York. Interesting. You'll have to tell us about that maybe in the Patron 15. And I want to say yeah, thank I, you to, to Nate. Yeah, I do too, want for It was meetup, really, really cool and interesting. Yes, I know. It looked awesome. They were so enthusiastic and it was really a perfect. We're, we're all on the same page, I think. It's like a place for the founders to meet up. Yes, if the founders, instead of drinking beer at a pub, were spreading seeds for the chicks. There you go. Kind of like that, That's which right. they probably did during the day. That was their day job, I think. Anyway, so, okay, I wanted to I wanted to talk a little bit about COVID stats. I wanted to talk about this redacted video. What do you got? What do you think? Where do you want to go? You ready for that? The yeah. school reopening stuff? Okay. Yeah, the school reopening stuff. So here's the thing that Trump, this is a headline from the Wall Street Journal. Trump urges schools to open, takes aim at CDC guidelines. Uh, The first paragraph had me like, had my jaw drop. This is what I was talking about. It says President Trump pushed federal health officials to ease coronavirus guidelines for schools and threatened to withhold federal funding from districts that don't reopen, stepping up his effort to get children back in the classroom. Threatened to withhold federal fundings from districts that don't reopen. Does that sound like something I've been pulling the alarm bells on on a different matter? It does. And there's another matter in a minute that I'm going to bring up the similar. I want to hear it. Yes. And this is what I'm telling you. The This, it was to me, the last straw, the idea that that federal policing bill is a response to George Floyd or protests or riots, I absolutely think is backwards. They want the ability to control the police from the top, and they had to figure out a way to create a funding vacuum because police departments, anyone will pay for police department because that's what they want government for. And that's why it is hard to make them so dependent, whereas people are using private schools. So public school systems, they don't have complete control. But people can defund a a public school system and still have schools, but they feel like they need the police. That's what the government's for. And I feel like this whole thing may have been triggered, manufactured, whatever, to get this exact thing because whoever pays the piper calls the tune. And this is a demonstration of exactly what you'll get with either the Republican or Democrat bill, federal bill on policing. Yeah, it gets the people on the right to celebrate federal intervention taking away some state power and it is happening on another another story as well with that i think anyway is these mask mandates that have been coming down before it was you must shut down you must shut down you must shut down now it's like you must wear a mask you must wear a mask and and the propaganda is overwhelming right now the symbolic nature that they've turned it into this divisive symbol of if you wear a mask we know who you stand for and who you stand against and they're talking about how schools whether or not they're going to be required to wear masks and the debate at least in a county here i know in cherokee county is the teachers are going to be required to wear masks and the students are 
strongly encouraged to wear masks, but not right now required. And there's going to be school board meetings. Some are starting today. And I expect to hear explosive audio from people who go to those meetings and record them. If you go to one, please record them because this mask thing is setting up a conflict, is setting up a disaster because they're promoting the idea of not wearing a mask in the media as being crazy, as being outrageous, as being they're celebrating the shaming of people who don't wear masks. These are the stories we're seeing. There was another person that was shot, I think, and killed because of a mask incident yesterday. And now we're seeing murals across the city. They're they're painting a mask on the murals of Martin Luther King in the city of Atlanta telling people to wear masks on it. They, they're putting signs in people's yards. These are propaganda posters like right out of World War II of a big Martin Luther King picture and a quote of him saying, I have a dream that you stay home. I mean, they, they're telling people not to listen to Martin Luther King's quotes on peaceful protesting, but they His should listen to the quotes. fake Martin Luther King <laughs> quotes that they're making up about masks that kids aren't going to know any difference about. This is There's something going on here. I'm glad you mentioned that because yesterday I wasn't watching it. I didn't understand. I, I couldn't follow up on it. I was driving, but I heard Chris, Chris Cuomo talking to some govern, governor about some sheriff who was suggesting that uh, you have a choice on whether or not to wear a mask. And Cuomo literally laughed at it, kind of like Nora in the propaganda report, where you have to act like what the other person's saying is silly or yeah. everyone knows. You act like the I've crazy noticed. thing is everybody knows and then then the uh normal thing is crazy yeah and he said the it is preposterous ridiculous laughable outrageous that that sheriff should say that people should have a choice what if people make the wrong choice you should just make a meme with that guy's face saying that uh i want no mess or it was just it was shocking of Chris Cuomo to say it like that because he was, I mean, it was just fascism. I mean, it really, really sounded like Nazis. Yeah. And what I think is going to happen is I think we're going to see the same thing that you were talking about a moment ago, the same thing that Trump threatened to do when he threatened to force the states to reopen when he was saying, I can do anything I want. I can force the states to no longer be shut down, supersede their power. I think he's going to come out and say, I'm going to sign a bill that requires states to get rid of their mask mandates, once again, getting people on the right to celebrate federal power, taking away state power. So it's, it's really a tough situation. You, you keep the state power you got to wear a mask all the time if you want to lose the mask you got to submit to federal power and i do think that that's going to feed into the october surprise a big surge fauci said we're still in phase one bill gates i think it was a dated little clip but he said oh phase two is really going to get people's attention so if this is if we haven't even gotten started yet then maybe this that it'll serve two purposes. Trump will set the precedent that the, the president can do this stuff, but the actual content of what he's doing will come back to bite him. Yeah. I want to say a couple of things about the school reopening. Yeah. Uh, can I say one thing about the mask yeah. in the schools real quick before mm-hmm, we move on? Mm-hmm. We see what happens to people on TV and in the media, social media, when they're not wearing a mask. Imagine what happens to the one or two kids that are brave enough or whose parents send them to school without wearing a mask, they're going to get bullied, maybe even by the teachers, especially when it's highly suggested they wear a mask. It's going to be a bad experience. This is a uh, setup for conflict. They want conflict, conflict, conflict. <clears throat> I don't know about everybody else, but I get very unwell 
when I can't breathe. Yeah. <laughs> so, and I really have a problem with it. I was on a plane for six hours each way. Like I was really struggling oh, with it. Rough. I mean, I just took it off, you know, and they didn't yell at me, but I didn't take it off. Obviously I just like pushed it down a little bit, whatever, but it was just hours and hours and hours and hours and hours. And my kids get nervous that I look like a scofflaw. They don't think I'm right or wrong. It just upsets them because they don't want attention. They're kids, you know, they just feel that way. And I saw a video yesterday of a guy in Costco who went fucking vein bulging crazy. Mm -hmm. And the video was so edited down to just his outburst. You can only imagine how aggressive the person was to try to trigger him. And then I had a tweet say, hey, that's a warning to you. Do not let somebody trigger you because there's someone right behind you with the camera. That's a great point. I've been echoing that point for a while about all of this stuff. People are trying to trigger you because we have conditioned or we've created a generation of people who know that they can trigger someone while filming it and that they can get positive social media attention and shares and likes and everything. And they can go get interviewed on CNN pretending to be victimized, even though they're the ones who set the whole thing up and they can make tons of money on a GoFundMe. They can have a hundred thousand dollars on a freaking GoFundMe by pretending to be a victim of somebody they intentionally provoked. And CNN tells you, give us your stories. Those are the only stories they're going to play. Exactly. I did finally get my masks from wherever. I forget who. I mean, a couple of tweets made them for me, but I forget where I ordered them from. One says, I saw him talking about it in the Discord. Oh, yeah. Okay. So one said, this is all bullshit. And my husband's like, you're not wearing that out of the house. (laughs) Like, okay. The other one says, I'm not buying it. I'm going to wear that one. And the next one, I'm not going to blow the guy's, um, idea or i asked him to do it and he's doing it looks great so i'll tell you what the next one is it's special for you binkley but we'll wait to get to that but just a couple of quick things on this is the oh and then in the patron 15 we have to talk about the redacted george floyd video we absolutely have to i've got a smoking gun for you you're gonna love it uh the i am totally skeptical if not unconvinced that there are such things as asymptomatic viral shedders so People who aren't sick, I don't believe that there is evidence. I have seen no evidence. Here's the I've seen no evidence that convinces me that a that people who are not sick and never get sick are not sick can make other people sick. And uh, there were there are these COVID stats. There, it's on the front page of the Wall Street Journal, the top. It says virus cases in U.S. climb past three million at accelerating pace. So the the first, it took three months to get to one million. It took six weeks to get to two million. It took one month to get to three million. That stat. And meanwhile, they show the cases skyrocketing and they show the deaths going down. Now that stat about the accelerating pace is almost entirely, almost entirely due to the increased number of of tests. And they say, and then only in the fine print way on like another page and an article that isn't even underneath that, it says, oh, you know, much of this can be attributed to more tests that would account for why mortality rates are going down in most places, but not in like these couple of places. And I did look up the testing and the testing over that period of time is exponentially increasing, but it is not, it does not, it does not correlate exactly with the increased positives, but I would say this, the tests they're using, these PCR tests are, are originally for dating old stuff, like for understanding the presence of in a degraded sample. Like it's not a viral load test. It's not appropriate for what they're saying it is. And I would, I, I posit, and I would like to know if there's any chance of this, that demographic factors could account for 
the fact that these tests are having a, a high positivity rate or an equal positivity rate, not a declining positivity rate based on demographics such as younger people. Maybe they have more of this flotsam and jetsam running around in their mucus or their blood that would make them false positives. Maybe there's a racial element of it. Maybe there's a people who aren't sick. So originally it was people who were sick. Maybe they don't have the disposition to have this stuff floating around already. What if you're, if you're immune to it, it's all over your stuff. You're, it's all over your, your uh, mucosa and your blood so that you would never have gotten one of the early tests because it's unlikely that you're sick. You know what I mean? Like maybe you just don't know if it's causal or correlated or what because these tests are so inaccurate and they don't really measure what they're telling you they measure. So I believe that this COVID thing is getting increasingly ridiculous, but it but the, we continue to buy into it. And now that it's become a political thing, it has shut people's ability to think off because you just look at blue or red and that's where you get your talking points. Or you look at mask or no mask, because even if you do not fear the coronavirus, even if maybe you don't believe in it at all, which I'm not saying that's what it's I believe. Saying, even if you don't believe in it at all, but you hate Trump, then you're wearing a mask to show to the world where you stand against Trump. Absolutely. A hundred percent true. It's, it is a political statement not to wear a mask and it's heartbreaking because they're filthy and suffocating. They really are. And they force you to touch your face more than you normally would. My skin is so dry. And I'm like, why is my, why am I scratching my face? And I was like, oh, I think the wearing the mask so much has just like irritated my skin. Yeah, I and you constant, like, yeah. Of all times in my life, I never touch my face. Any any good girl who wears makeup and doesn't want pimples does not touch her face. But lately, I've just been like, ah, oh, why is it itching? Yeah, you what do you do when something little, gets draped on your face? Look, you move I it around know. a lot. It's unbelievable. I get that masks are necessary in some situations, and I, I'm not... Anybody who wants to wear one, that's fine with me, but trying to force people to wear one when they absolutely cause you to bring hey, more germs to your face. I don't... Right. I don't even care. I, I, I'm not even ready for that debate. I want to see the evidence... They're still saying, like, Burks or whatever, saying, you know, it looks like it probably works. You know, it's like, not, and there's no downside. That's our argument. There's no downside. And I say there is a downside. So now you have to weigh the upside with the downside. Yes. They're not, they continue to not do that. Yeah, they don't want to do that at all. And in the Patron 15, I'm going to tell you about what's going on with the reopening of sports, the agenda that I think that they're trying to push with that, as well as... What happens when you paint over a Black Lives Matter mural versus the statues getting torn down? We'll find out the difference there. All right, and we will, and if you guys, you guys can find, I haven't, we haven't done this in so long, I've forgotten what our outro is, I'm off my game. <laughs> Sorry, but I, you wanted to know what I'm going to talk about, but I already said it, I'm going to do right. that redacted George Floyd video. You guys can find your Drive Time News Blast every weekday afternoon at thepropreport.com or your favorite podcasting platform with the Propaganda Report podcast feed. If you want access to the extra content that we post every day that we post a Drive Time News Blast, you can go to patreon.com slash report and become a patron, and we will talk to you guys tomorrow.